Good morning. He is risen. And a blessed, blessed Easter to all of you. Today we follow the order of service on page 15 in the front of the hymnal. Our opening hymn this morning is Jesus Christ is risen today. Hallelujah. Hymn 199. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. 
beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended thee, and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray thee of thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. For our psalm today, if you would turn to the inside cover of your bulletin, we read psalm number 57 together. Uh, responsibly with the congregation reading those portions in bold type. Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. I will cry unto God most high. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and My soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire. Even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongues are sharp swords. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. Awake, my glory. Awake, psaltery and heart. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. For thy mercy is great unto the heavens. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, has overcome death and opened unto us the gate of everlasting life, we humbly beseech you that as you do put into our minds good desires, so by your continual help we may bring the same to good effect. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. You may be seated. For our catechism lesson, we continue in our looking at the Lord's Prayer, and today we look at the conclusion to this prayer from the Gospel of Matthew. Which is the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. What is meant by the word amen? That I should be certain that these petitions are acceptable to our Father in heaven and heard, for he himself has commanded us so to pray and has promised to hear us. Amen, amen, that is, yea, yea, it shall be so. What do we by this conclusion avow to our Heavenly Father? That he alone is the Lord and King, with whom we should seek help, that he alone has the power to grant our petitions, and that likewise all glory, honor, and praise accruing therefrom shall be his alone. Our epistle lesson for today is recorded in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at the 6th verse. Here St. Paul writes, Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Here ends our reading of the epistle. I ask you to please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel appointed for today is recorded in St. Mark's Gospel in chapter 16, beginning at the first verse. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very large. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, 
clothed in a long white garment, and they were frightened. And he said unto them, Be not afraid. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulchre, for they trembled and were amazed, neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now when Jesus was risen early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, believed not. After that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the rest, but neither did they believe them. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and he upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not those who had seen him after he was risen. Here ends our reading of the Holy Gospel. We join in confessing our faith, and we do so today in the words of the Nicene Creed, which is found on page 22 in the hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated. We continue our worship by singing hymn number 187, Christ is Arisen.
The word of God, which we consider for our meditation today, is recorded in St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians in chapter 15, beginning at the first verse. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye also have received, and whereon ye stand, by which ye also are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom a greater part remain unto this present day, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, not me to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so ye believe. Now if Christ is preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found to be false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, if so it be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of those who slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward those who are Christ. At his coming. I ask you to bow your heads and join me in a word of prayer. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we pray your Holy Spirit's blessing upon the speaking and the hearing of your word this day, that we might be strengthened in our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, that we might hold fast to his resurrection from the dead and take comfort in the fact that he has paid for our sins on the cross that we have in him, through faith in him, forgiveness for all our sins and everlasting life, and that as he is risen from the dead, so also he will raise us up unto life everlasting. We pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed Christians, ransomed by the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus. 
Christians around the world are celebrating today the resurrection of Jesus, and indeed his bodily resurrection from the grave on the third day is a key doctrine upon which all else either stands or falls. Jesus himself foretold his own death in Matthew chapter 20, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles, to mock and to scourge and to crucify him, and the third day he shall rise again. He also told his disciples, Because I live, ye shall live also. Therefore, we have to say, if Jesus did not rise bodily from the dead on the third day, he cannot be considered to be a true prophet of God. There are many who like to say, you know, Jesus was a great prophet and a teacher. He taught the truth of God. But if he did not rise bodily from the dead, he's a liar, he's a fraud, he's a hoax, because he said that he would die and that he would rise again on the third day. And certainly what hope could any of us have of everlasting life, of being raised from the dead on the last day to dwell forever with the Lord in heaven if Jesus himself did not rise bodily from the grave and ascend to the right hand of God the Father in heaven? Again, as I've said, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, if his body is still in some tomb in Palestine or in Israel, moldering away or decayed, Christianity is worthless. We just may as well stop right here and close the doors and and lock them and never come back. Because without the resurrection of Jesus, our faith rests on nothing. It is as St. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. And so if you think about those words, you know, if Christ was not raised, then we do not have forgiveness for our sins because his death on the cross was not sufficient ransom for our sins. And if Christ was not raised, what about all our loved ones, whether it be parents or family members or others that were dear to us who have died trusting in Christ? They would would be lost forever. There is no hope. And certainly we can say also of ourselves, if Christ did not rise, we have no hope and no comfort. But of course, in spite of the skepticism of some, there is solid evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. Not only was the resurrection of the Messiah prophesied in the Old Testament scriptures again and again, I think of passages like Psalm 22, Psalm 130, or Isaiah 53. It is also attested to by the New Testament apostles and evangelists who claimed seeing, touching, talking to the risen Lord Jesus Christ. He even ate in their presence. We have the witness, the testimony of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, Peter, James, Jude, and the writer of the Hebrews, all attesting 
to the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so not only did Jesus appear alive to Mary Magdalene and the other women, we read that he appeared to Peter, to two of the disciples on the road to Emmaus, to the eleven on more than one occasion, to James, the brother of our Lord Jesus, to the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, and I think the best one is to more than 500 brethren at one time, of whom the greater part are still alive. And so St. Paul is telling people, if you don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead, here are all these witnesses. Among these 500, most are still alive. Go ask them, did you see the risen Christ? And if they did, the answer, of course, is yes, we did. He did rise. He is alive from the dead, as he said. But now, nearly 2,000 years removed, some, and unfortunately that number is growing to be more than some, even in churches, even Christian pastors, proclaiming that, well, Jesus may not have risen bodily from the dead, but, you know, we carry on his loving work and ministering to people, and so we are the resurrected Jesus because we carry on his work, but they don't believe that he rose bodily from the grave. And so nearly 2,000 years after Jesus' resurrection, we have people proposing different ideas and thoughts, some saying that he did not actually die on the cross, but he only swooned. He only passed out, and that later on, in the cool of the tomb, he revived. But when you really stop and think about it, it's pretty foolish. Because he was nailed to a Roman cross, and below that cross were Roman soldiers who were somewhat of experts on death. Even I, I was a police officer or sheriff's deputy, and when I came up on an accident scene and I saw somebody who had been killed, I didn't have to put my hand here and feel the pulse. I could see simply by looking. This person is deceased. The Roman soldiers were experts in death because they dealt with people and often killed people. And certainly they were experts at crucifixion because they lined the roads with people who had rebelled against or were considered enemies of the Roman Empire. And as you think about crucifixion, certainly there is no possibility that Jesus was still alive because crucifixion essentially kills you by finally wearing you down to the point where you can no longer lift yourself up and draw another breath. That's why, as Marty said the other night, when people lingered too long on the cross, they would come and break their legs so they could no longer push themselves up and draw another breath. And so when a person hung there motionlessly, it also meant he was no longer breathing. And then you think about what we read in the scriptures, that just to be sure, a Roman soldier came and thrust a spear into Jesus' side. And it tells us that out came blood, and water. This was not a scratch. 
This was a spear thrust into his ribcage. And so even if it were possible for someone to hang on the cross and not yet be dead after hanging there motionlessly and ceasing to breathe, and then having a spear stuck up into his chest cavity with lying in a tomb, wrapped, and I mean completely wrapped, from head to toe, cause someone to revive, lying there again, wrapped, unable to breathe in the tomb? And the answer, of course, is certainly not. Some, of course, have said right from the beginning that Jesus' disciples came and stole away the body of Jesus. We read this in Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 11. It says, Now when they were going, behold, some of the guards came into the city and reported unto the chief priest all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave a large sum of money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this account is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. But when you think about this account... How could we expect a group of followers of Jesus who fled in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was arrested, who hid behind locked doors, to suddenly, for the sake of removing a corpse, be willing to face a quaternion of Roman soldiers in order to steal the body of Jesus and only to move it to another place? And when we think about the apostles, while some people might risk death or persecution for something they believe to be true, how many people will risk everything, persecution, death, even horrible suffering, for the sake of something they know not to be true, for something they know to be a lie? And again, it's certainly not likely. Not only did Jesus' disciples suffer persecution, not only did they give up the pleasures of this life in order to travel as missionaries for the Lord Jesus, but many of them suffered agonizing deaths as followers and preachers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if Jesus' body were simply removed, why didn't somebody produce the body of Jesus? Certainly, it would have been possible for somebody to have discovered, hey, there's a body in my tomb, and to report it to the authorities. Of course, the Jewish authorities already knew what had happened. And again, there's no record in the scriptures or anywhere else of any search or any attempt to produce the body of Jesus in order to prove that he did not rise. And so we have the witness of the apostles. We have the witness of Jesus' disciples, and we have the foolishness of the claims of those who wish to reject the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And so we consider, well, what does the resurrection of Jesus mean for us today? 
Certainly, first of all, it proves that Jesus is who he claimed to be, that he is the eternal Son of God, the Messiah and Savior of the world. Not anyone can be crucified, have a spear thrust into his side, and rise from the dead. But our Lord Jesus did. He was raised from the dead on the third day. It proves that his teaching is true because he said this would happen to him and that he would rise again, and he did. And so it proves that his doctrine, his teaching, is not just some man-made thoughts and wisdom, but his doctrine is the truth. It is the doctrine, the teaching of God himself. His resurrection proves that, indeed, when he suffered and died there on the cross and when he said, it is finished, that it was finished. He made atonement. He paid the price for the sins of the entire world. He completed all that the scriptures had said he would do in order to atone for your sins and for my sins and the sins of all people. I think of the passage in Romans chapter 4, which speaks of faith, but certainly also testifies concerning this. The end of Romans chapter 4, beginning at verse 23, it says, Now it was not written for his sake alone, talking about Abraham, that it was imputed to him, talking about righteousness being imputed to Abraham through faith, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe in him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And so Jesus' resurrection assures us that the price has been paid and that when we trust in Jesus, we have God's mercy and forgiveness and we have the hope of being raised up as well on the last day to everlasting life. Jesus' resurrection proves that all those who fall asleep in him, all those who die trusting in the Lord Jesus, have forgiveness for their sins and will be raised up again on the last day. We read this this morning in Bible class, but in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 13, St. Paul writes, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so will God bring with him those also who sleep in Jesus. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. And so the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ assures us that those who have gone before us dying in the faith, again, whether it be mother or father, a brother or sister or a child or a dear loved one, 
those who have died in the faith, trusting in the Lord Jesus. When Jesus comes back on the last day, he's going to bring their souls with him. Their body is going to be raised up. All of us who are left at that time are alive yet at that time, though we may have all passed on by then. Our bodies will be changed. The dead will be raised up and reunited with their souls in a new body and soul or new body made to dwell forever. And we will be forever with the Lord. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we too will be raised up. Of course, Jesus' bodily resurrection from the grave on the third day also proves that he is going to come back again and he's going to judge the living and the dead as we confess in the creeds. It proves that those who have not believed on him, those who have not trusted in him for forgiveness and life, will be condemned to everlasting punishment. That indeed, what he says is true. That those who die in their sins, who die not trusting in him, are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And so when we think about what is the real hoax in regard to Jesus' resurrection, the real hoax is the argument that he did not rise. The real hoax is it being advanced in order to destroy or to weaken the faith of those who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, in order to take away their hope, in order to destroy their faith and make them despair. It's a hoax advanced by people who do not wish for us to accept the eyewitness accounts of the so many who saw Jesus alive again from the dead. And I think most of all, it's a hoax advanced by those who do not wish to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes on the last day and hear him say to them, I never knew you. Part from me, ye that work iniquity. So the resurrection of Jesus is a historical event. It's an event that affects every human life in this world. Those who consider it and place their faith and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection shall receive, as Jesus says, the forgiveness of sins he won for all by his sufferings and death on the cross and life everlasting because he rose from the dead and is himself, as he said in John chapter 11, the resurrection and the life. But those who reject the resurrection of Jesus or spurn it or ignore it face a most miserable eternity with no hope, no blessing, and no joy. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, grant that we hear and believe the testimony of those who are eyewitnesses of your death on the cross for the sins of the world and of your glorious resurrection on the third day. And grant that we place our faith and trust in you for pardon, peace, and life eternal. Amen. I ask you to please stand. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.
You may be seated. We continue our worship by bringing forward our offerings. I invite you to please stand for the prayers of the church. I might uh, just remind you, we haven't done this for a while, but each petition ends with, Lord, have, let me make sure I do it right here. Lord, in your mercy, and the congregation responds, Hear our prayer. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord, on this glorious day, fill your people with rejoicing in the resurrection of your Son, that we would tremble no longer before the grave, but rejoice and live in the truth of your power to save. Lord, in your mercy. Be with Bishop Heiser and all our pastors. Keep them faithful in delivering to your people the true gospel of your son's death, burial, and resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Let us hold fast to the word preached to us, that receiving it with joy and holding fast to its truths, we may be saved. Hinder all who would sow doubt in our hearts and grant us the courage to confess the truth of your word in our life and conversation. Lord, in your mercy. Bless our president, our governor, and all who make and administer our laws. Frustrate the forces of evil and do not let our leaders cooperate with them or further their goals. Guard our armed forces and police as they stand watch for us at home and abroad. Let them serve with honor and integrity. Lord, in your mercy. Have mercy on the sick and those in any need. We remember, especially today, Dick Stuhl and Dick Rush. Let the dawning light of the new creation in Christ sustain them in faith. In accord with your will, grant them renewed health, a foretaste of their eternal healing in him. Lord, in your mercy. 
Give us joy, your son's covenant of grace, as he shares it with us from this altar. In the eating of his holy body and the drinking of his precious blood, grant to us through faith forgiveness for all our sins and the certain hope of everlasting life for the sake of his death in our stead and his glorious resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort those who mourn with the truth of Christ's empty tomb, that in the midst of their grief they may abide in the hope of his resurrection. Uphold them in faith as they await the day when you will wipe every tear from our faces. Lord, in your mercy. We join today with countless angels and with all those in heaven who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb in singing eternal alleluias. And we bring these petitions before you, dear Father, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Stop here and let you be seated. We will continue by singing hymn 307.
Now, if you would please stand and turn to the bottom half of page 24, we begin our communion service. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father. Almighty, everlasting God. But chiefly are we bound to praise Thee for the glorious resurrection of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. For He is the very Paschal Lamb, which was offered for us and hath taken away the sins of the world, who by His death hath destroyed death, and by His rising to life again hath restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord Jesus Christ, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the remission of sins. This do as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
this holy body and precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you for Jesus' sake. Savior Jesus Christ, given into death for all of our Savior Jesus Christ, shed for the remission of all your sins. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, shed for the remission of all your sins. The Lord bless you and keep you in the baptismal grace. Now may this holy body and precious blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you for Jesus' sake.
May the Lord bless you and keep you in his baptismal joy. Take heed. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given into death for all of your sins. Take also and drink. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, poured out for you for the full and free forgiveness of all of your sins. Now please rise. May this, the true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you unto eternal life. Depart in peace. Your sins are forgiven. Amen. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. O God the Father, fount and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness did send thine only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank thee that for his sake thou hast given us pardon and peace in the sacraments. And we beseech thee not to forsake thy children but evermore to rule our hearts and minds by thy Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve thee. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, 
world without end. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. Receive now the benediction of the Lord. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. may be seated. We close our worship by singing Jesus Lives, the Victories Won, hymn 201.
A welcome and a blessed Easter to all of you. And we especially welcome you, our guest. Uh, would you mind introducing your family, sir? From Western Missouri. Glad to have you with us today. So, beautiful family. Um, as far as other announcements, we have a potluck Easter brunch. And you are welcome to stay for us because I know that there's plenty of food because I also know somebody who probably bought enough food to feed everybody. So she's hiding behind the behind the music stand back there. But you're welcome to stay and join us. And um, we also have uh, our midweek Bible study, the online Bible study, since uh, we're out of the Lenten season now. We'll start up again on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Uh, we'll be doing it, instead of being Google Meet, it'll be Jitsi Meet. And the link's on the calendar, but I will also try to remember to send it out to you uh, as well. And then our next regular potluck, uh, Dinner and Voters Assembly, is Sunday, May 1st. And the next lady's second Saturday brunch is 11 a.m. on Saturday, May 14th. Any other announcements this morning? Lee's got one. Thank you, Lee. Happy Easter to everyone. I didn't hear the last part. Oh, we welcome Janet back. Yes, we do welcome Janet back. Glad to have you with us. Uh, should we have a prayer? We're going to eat shortly. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for the blessings that you shower upon us, especially the blessing of the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness and life through faith in his name. We thank you for this time together and the food which we're about to eat. We pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. God's blessings to you. Thank you. Thank you.